Welcome to Copy That, a podcast about creativity in our lives and how to be better about using it. Um, my name is Dan Portnoy. I'm your host. I thought this would be a fun way to work out some questions I have about the way that different creative professionals um, approach topics like discipline, inspiration, wonder, grit, depression, failure, among others. Um, today's guest is Justin McRoberts. He's a good friend and the closest thing I have to an older brother. A few years back, he wrote a book called Title Pending, Things I Think About When I Make Stuff. I wish I was handed this book about 15, 20 years ago um, to the totally undisciplined uh, approach I had to my creative life. Uh, Justin began his career as a songwriter. He's released 18 albums and EPs, and in the last five years, he's released three books. He's a coach and a speaker and the perfect guy to kick off this podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here, Dan. Thanks for having me. All right. As the beginning, it's been a long time since I've been on the air and done anything in the podcast realm, so thanks for uh, being my training wheels. Happy, happy to do it. You, not like you really need them, but we'll uh, we'll have a good time with it anyway. Well, I'll just, pretend like you don't know what you're doing just to make it. Yeah, fun. just I need you to hold the banana seat yeah. as as I drive, and with the little just, metal bar in the exactly, back. Exactly, it's just a tiny it's, little grip. Yep, yes. Yeah. 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 If and uh, as an adult, it's, it's very close to my butt. As a child, it wasn't, <laughs> but as an adult, very close. Yeah, the banana seat got smaller on you. Yeah, it did. Unfortunate. Anyway, uh, well, I wanted to have you on here because I, you talk about creativity in a way that honestly, um, I've not like I've heard a lot of people say, well, creativity is this and it's that. and this. But you have this great framework, um, both as a writer and as a uh, musician and, a, and a, a songwriter that I feel like you break stuff down really quickly and really easily into great chunks, no matter whether I'm painting or I'm uh, composing or anywhere in between. And um, so I thought we'd just talk about creativity and, and specifically, yeah, I'd love to know, uh, you know, you've been, you've been professionally paid uh, or a professional, a creative professional for uh, what, 22 years now? Yeah, going on that actually. Yeah, about twenty, uh, twenty-one, twenty-two years. Wow. And so, so from a well, and and the interesting thing is, is like I know that everyone gets so excited about the the idea of being a creative professional, but really, if mm -hmm. you, if you're getting paid and making a living, um, that's some rare air. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, because the combination, especially now, I mean, there's a there's sort of a catch twenty two here. Is is that you know, in one way, if you pay attention to you know voices like Seth Godin and others, that like now is the time you want to be a a creative professional uh, because of all the opportunity that, that there's available. That this isn't untrue. The trick with that is that um, the traditional model, or or, the, or actually said the model we were used to, is what it means to be a creative professional. Is different, and the thing that makes it allowable now, a thing that makes it doable now, actually requires a, a kind of a different take on creativity. In other words, it's not enough to be creative in a particular craft, like like to be a painter, to be a musician, songwriter, etc. You also have to approach business and relationships with that same creative angle. So if you are, if you if you understand yourself as creative or as a creative, which I struggle with the a creative element of things, but a way to talk about things, which we can get into in a second. If you if if you fancy yourself creative, you recognize your own creativity. Yes, this is a great time to do it. But to be able to approach this is what makes it rare air. To be able to to approach relationships from like what can be made of this as a question, and to or or business 
from the standpoint of what can be made of this in the same way that you approach a palette of, uh, of colors, but you know, what can be made of this? If I can approach my life, my world, my vocation, my business, my bank account, my neighbors with that question, then like, I think I I've got somewhere to go. The, what makes a rare error. So few of us are able to actually paint our whole lives with that same swath. In other words, it's easier for me to come to a blank piece of paper or the canvas or the guitar and think, what can I do with this? It's harder to come to the world of economics of finance and ask that question because those things seem less malleable and so do relationships. So it's rare error because it's hard to think, I guess, more broadly of myself as creative and to see my, and to see it as a matter of identity rather than just as a matter of function. No, that's that's and so but the other thing that I think is interesting is you're not talking about like you're just saying being creative in your life, which I think is a, a real big distinction, because I think a lot of times, uh, you know, when people start talking about create or creatives, I love that just when you're creative and like all of a sudden the lights go down. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But <laughs> what when you're yeah. creative and you just look at things um, where I'm just like, you have to be creative in absolutely every endeavor. What? I, I haven't heard of one where you don't. And I think you tend to talk more right. more about that uh, because yes. it is an important thing. And the idea of even being creative in, you know, outside of a profession is uh, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a well, it's kind of different. Well, that it's a, that it's a matter, again, of, of, of who I am as a human, that the creative element, that it's not an element of my life. It's not a matter of like, well. I am a creator. I'm a creative because, like I said, I'm not a creative because I make music, or I'm not a creative because I make, uh, or because I write books. I'm an author because I write books. I'm a musician because I make music. But with regards to the being creative, that's simply a matter of being human. In other words, I would suggest that like being creative or seeing myself as creative is an integral way, integral way of understanding myself as human. That I'm not. A, I'm not a slave to my environment or my mechanics. I'm not a slave to my biology. I'm not a slave to, 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 to the elements around me. The question is, once I'm positioned culturally, sociologically, even biologically, what can be made of what I'm given? Like that's the broad question. I think like that's a fundamental human question. And so this is what I keep saying: like the, to see it that way, to see myself as a, as creative because I'm human. That takes the kind of a longer view and a broader view of myself as a person and what makes it possible for me to do what I do as opposed to just paring it down to I am a creative because I make books. And then when books aren't going well, I question myself as a creative, if that makes any sense. It make, it's so much easier to quit if it's not tied to who I am as a person. Like I don't, I'm not going to quit on myself as a person. I want to, I want to, so seeing myself as creative because I'm human allows me to approach all the elements that make it possible to have a career in the arts, uh, doable. Yeah. Okay. Well, when, when, um, okay, well then if we, if that's our mindset and we're getting started, what does that look like getting started in a creative pursuit that, what, what would be some key advice that you would give? You know, as people are either starting off or they've stopped and started and they have that, you know, that three ideas that they've been keeping in a drawer and they're dusty. What would you say? How how should is there some life structure that you could help uh, that you would say to them that would help uh, in their pursuit? If someone wants to get started. Yeah, like, they're getting started. Like, how do I kick how off do a I, life and a career in the arts? 
Well, or not just the arts, but just say like they maybe it's just a hobby kind of thing. Because, I mean, how many people do we know are doing creative work part time? Quite a few. Yeah, that's good. So uh, part of it would be a matter of like actually taking a survey of what it is you want to do. Like, what is it? What is it that I really want to do, especially if it's been a little while? And if I've got a few things, what once I've got the kind of the clutter of ideas that I'm in the middle of, or maybe some things I've quit on, like there's a bit of a noise there that keeps me from moving on. So stopping and asking, okay, what is it that I really want to do? Is it like, do I want to write a novel? Do I want to make an album? Like, and, and even like sitting down with a piece of paper, sitting down with a journal, sitting down and writing it out, like putting it down in front of me. Cause if I have three or four unfinished ideas, it feels like there's like a world of obstacle and noise and failure in front of me. But if I can write it down and ask the question, what is it, what is it that I want to do? It can make it a little bit easier to look at that list and say like, Oh, like I, I want to, I want to do a book or I want to do an album or I want to make, you know, create a podcast and actually see it as a list. So asking the question and answering it really specifically as opposed to, again, like, I just want to be creative. Like, no, what are the specifics? So the first thing I would say was, like, be really specific. What is it that you want to do? Make a list. And then spend some time. I mean, even, in, like, and this is where I would include some other people in that process. Like, run that by some folks and sit on it a little while. Like, what of these things kind of is is may, maybe more deeply rooted in your soul? Like, what is it, what's the thing on that list that's, like, this is what I really want to do right now? like allow the, that list of things to kind of inform or kind of tickle your own soul. And like what's, what, what is most moving and what is most kind of pressing right now of that list. And then the third thing would be, so the first thing is making the list. Like, what is that I want to do? Second thing is like looking back at that list, let that list inform your soul and kind of like draw out of you. What is it you want to do? The last thing what I would do is, is or the, the third element would be to actually go to a calendar and start mapping things out. The thing that keeps me from choosing, thing that often keeps me from moving and, and saying yes to a project is the is is the fear that I won't get to other things, which is why we have three or four things happen at the same time. So being able to say like, okay, for this season, for this number of months, then if I if I've got let's say a book, an album, and a and a, and a podcast, um, on you know on my on my mind, those are the three things I want to do. If I decide like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus for the next five months, six months on the book. Great. Well, I'm going to then look at my calendar and put and mark out some weeks, uh, et cetera, in the future when I know I'm going to spend some time on the musical portion or the podcast portion. And once I've put it somewhere, once I've actually put it on like a, on a calendar, then my like my soul knows that there's a space and a time for that. And I can actually concentrate on the thing right in front of me and apply myself to that thing and, and not, without the fear that I've let go of these other ideas. So make a list. What specifically want to do? Let that list play around with your soul. Like, what is it that you want to do now? Like, what's the most pressing item on the list? And then take the other items on the list and give them some space on a calendar so that you have some peace in your soul knowing that picking one thing doesn't mean you're quitting on everything else. Oh, that's great. That's great. So I'm going to do American Idol. What do I need to do? I'm kidding. I should <laughs> not do It's It's a new goal. I really want to sing for everyone. Ugh. <laughs> It's not a bad goal. It's, it's <laughs> um, I just it always it always kills me because I always think when people start talking about creativity and ideas and goals and and I just feel like it it immediately cut to that first week of American Idol when people are singing terribly and they're like 
and then they cut to their like little session and they're like my parents have always said i was gray and you're just like right oh this is gonna be a train wreck i'm so sorry yeah. like i can't even <laughs> do anything about it it's going down and and then and then the indignancy when they're told like yeah i don't think you're gonna make it and then when someone's yep. like well katie perry doesn't know what she's talking about and you're like it's what makes the show unbearable and like worth watching the exact right. same time. <laughs> we we like train wrecks. It's a thing. We do. Thing. We do. We do. Okay, so if I've now, where does it, the the tough part for me is because usually this conversation tends to go to tools very quickly, which mm. I think is mm-hmm. a sad thing. Specifically in writing, it's usually like, okay, well, if you want to write, well, you now you need to get a computer, and then you get a computer, and you gotta do. And I can't tell you how many like super high professionals like people legends in the industry who are using word like they'll just talk about like when i need to get this program and i need to get this program and it's like no that person's writing their books in word still yep there's nothing fancy going on here yeah as a matter, as a matter of fact i i'm up on the screen to my right is a word document it's in word it was sent back to me from um a, a publisher and the editor at this publisher it's like a bit like First book I've done with a major publisher. I'm getting edits back. And the editor, the creative director uh, on this project, who works at Penguin Books, is, <laughs> sent this to me in Word. So that, that is, it's exactly that. I mean, this is like there's nothing fancy about it. It's like the most accessible, most widely used word processing uh, tool on the planet. And that's what they're using at Penguin. Right. So, so really, tools is just about what what do you have access to and what can you do to get started right now it doesn't cuz i think i feel like um part of uh the the resistance you know that that uh, that mm-hmm. we're going to encounter is more like well now i have to have my office set up perfect and i have to have all the perfect tools yes how do you get well, around and, that um so, uh, i guess i mean it, it, like anything else i mean it's Maybe think of it in terms of um, like the way it works in athletics or in 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 like um, kind of exercise world. That like what kind of shoes work for your feet? Well, if you if you talk to folks who've been running for a long time, like you've gone through three or four different pairs of shoes, and and you only learn that by doing it, um, and not confusing uh, your ability to run with the shoes you're wearing. Mm-hmm. So or your desire to run with the shoes you're wearing. <laughs> so um, to confuse, again, the, like the, the, the essence of a practice with the mechanics. So whether you're writing in Scrivener or in Pages or in Word, it's like it's about the writing and not about the tool. So um, how should I say this? I'll say it this way. Uh, tr- like plan on, tr- like start at the beginning, of plan on trying a few different things. Like... Like especially insofar as uh, like once once you get started and you run into issues, run into like hangups, run into you know some sort of writer's block or not feeling inspired. It might not be that there's some sort of creative blockage in your soul. It might just be like you don't like the tool. So try a different tool, hmm. if that makes any sense. So like try plan on trying a bunch of different stuff. Don't settle on anything. Grab what's around you and give it a shot. And then when that's not working, then try something else out but yeah i mean it's 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 almost i mean it's it's sort of silly that like when i started writing the same kind of advice I was like well you've got to get scrivener and i and i bought it and 
like I don't like it. <laughs> and it made me feel like, well, but real authors use this thing. <laughs> like, no, you know, real authors are people who finish books. And if this tool isn't helping me finish a book, then then I, then I can put it down. So I, I don't want to confuse the tool uh, with my desire to work. Right. And it, it's a that's a great segue into our sponsor, Scrivener. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Scrivener, you Scrivener. might not need it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're going with that tagline. No. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Scrivener, hey. it might work. It might not. It it's pretty good. Okay, for some people. Um, yeah. For- <laughs> amazing. Um. Anyway, well, so so with that. Um, what are, what are some, some things that you come across in your coaching, um, as you, as you're talking to people, uh, cause I know you're out and you're, you're talking and you're, and you're leading, um, workshops and, and things in and around, um, your book, uh, title pending. What are some things that are pretty common that, that people are, are bumping into you with and, and are pretty common problems that they, they might feel isolated in, but they're actually super, super normal. Uh, the biggest one has to do with time and time management, like making space and time for the practice. Um, and um, the biggest tension is like feeling like you don't have enough time. What's funny about that is like, you know, I, you know, I'm like you said, I'm a creative professional. This is what I do for a living. And I don't feel like I have enough time. So it's not like having more time will make you feel like you have enough time. If that makes any sense, like it's, it's like this sort of this endless, like if you, if it's in you to create, there will just never be enough space and time in your life to, to, uh, you know, to make you feel like you've got like the time and the space to do what you want to do. So, um, the use of a calendar is this, is the solution to this and the knowledge that, um, that there isn't like a, like a set, it's not like you have to put in a certain number of hours. Um, so like as an example, once you get started, if, if you've never put any time and energy or effort into creative pursuits before, um, the idea that you're going to go from that to putting in, uh, you know, an hour every day, uh, of writing or two hours every day, which I've read these kinds of things in creative blogs and et cetera, like, well, you have to write every day, but you know what, if, if you're a single parent and you've got like a, a child and two jobs, and the idea of moving from zero to writing every day will make you feel like you can't be a writer. And, and I think that's crap. So I think instead of the, 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 the write every day, like create some sort of pattern that you can achieve. So does it mean like you can put aside an hour and a half on a Tuesday night once a week? And if you can maintain that for a couple months, then like get started that direction. That's like the primary main obstacle I run into with folks who want to be creative uh, with their lives is they don't feel like they have enough time. And then they feel like they ca- the small steps they can take, they just don't feel like they're enough. And I'm saying like create a schedule and a pattern for yourself creatively that you know as a fact you can achieve. Plant that small seed and then see what happens on the other side. Nice. Okay. And then, um, cause I mean a lot, yeah, there are a lot of people I've heard of writing books on the weekends and that's just, it's just what worked for them for a time. And, um, even, yeah. even Elizabeth Gilbert, she didn't quit her main gig until she had written, like she had published three books. Right. Like, which is just kind of a, a really, I mean, I know we're talking a lot about writing, but I think that the principle is the same. It's just the principle is the same. 
like form your so your creativity like what what you do creatively has to be born out of if it's going to be sustainable long term if it's going to like grow forever well it has to be born out of the life you're living and the person you are so if you fundamentally completely change your life and your life pattern in order to accommodate this thing in you it's likely that there'll be so much of a shock to your system that you'll no longer be able to write out of the life you're living. It's part, it's part of why so many people's like second albums kind of suck because they spent the they spent you know six years putting together songs out of their lives uh, to apply to this first album, and then they spent a year and a half on the road just applying themselves to creativity and to and to the music and to the marketing music, and they didn't have enough like life, real life, other stuff to plug into the next batch of songs. Right. So like. Creating a pattern uh, in your life that allows you to capture your moments, put your creative energy somewhere that like your that your life as it exists now can actually maintain. So going from zero to writing every day, man, if you can do that, fantastic, go for it. But you probably can't. So don't think that that's the goal. I think regularity ends up being the goal and, and the metric rather than like the sort of the constant Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Um, where else, you know, like, um, are there any other ma massive uh, pitfalls that, you, that you've come across? Uh, you know, perfectionism. There's a story I tell in, uh, in title penning uh, about um, the first time let's say I, I was, I was uh, trying to get a, a job as a teacher in California. You have to pass a thing called the C-Best. It's a basic a proficiency test whether or not you learned anything in high school and college. And um, <clears throat> it's a how'd, timed how'd it test. Well, <laughs> uh, I, ended, I did end up teaching. Uh, so um, it went okay. So like it, it's a time test and I'm – without like making too many silly jokes about it, like I'm not great at math. I'm actually pretty bad at math. And I got through most of the rest of the test in, a, in, you know, in, in fair form, got to the math portion and slowed way, way down and realized that I wasn't going to finish. And so the last bunch of questions, math problems, I just started bubbling in C, 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 all the way down. I did the thing. I was going to make that joke. C all the way down. I was going to make that joke. Holy crud. You really did it. I actually did it. And, uh, because if I don't turn it in on time, I fail anyway. So in other words, if I don't turn the project in, that's how I actually fail. I did pass the test, but but which I wouldn't have found out if I had passed or failed had I not turned it in, if that makes any sense. So the idea, the, 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 so the principle therein is like, plan, like planning that I'm going to make stuff out the gate that isn't great and finishing it anyways. That, that fear like once I actually have time and space to create the fear that I'm going to make st make stuff that isn't good. Well, the literally the only way through that is not by convincing yourself that you're really good at it. It's by actually making bad work and committing to making bad work. Like the first few efforts, they're not going to be good. You're just not going to make good work. And don't, don't think of it as like a sad byproduct. Like, no, it's a necessary element. Like commit to making bad work right out the gate. Hmm. Okay, so and that's uh, where I bring you to our next sponsor, my first book. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're doing great. My first book. It's not good. <laughs> it's, eh, well, there's paper in it. Um, hopefully also available on but Kindle. 
Yeah, the other side of that coin, it, real, real quick story here is, is when I got started, like having this is part of why we want to involve other people in our in our creative lives, as opposed to living on an island, in some way, shape, or form, is um, right at the beginning uh, of like of my vocational life, my career creatively. Um, a guy named Frank Tate who ran a, who ran Five Minute Walk Records, that was the label I was on for the for the first couple years. Uh, it took me to this. Um, uh, thing in Nashville, Tennessee, where labels and record companies all come, labels and uh, and store buyers and radio folks all get together and talk about music and hi- and the labels will highlight whatever artists are going to be focusing on the year. And at one of these, uh, one of these showcase, gatherings, right? Isn't it a showcase? It, it's yes, yes. So I'm at a showcase, and the and and the other artists who are getting up. I was like seventh or eighth in in, in the order of events from the morning, and and you know, label head would get up and say, "This is so and so, and she's the best thing ever. She's going to revolutionize rock and roll." And here she is, and she played two songs, and people would think it was great. And and then uh, when t- came time for me, Frank literally got him for this is an absolutely true story. Got in front of me and said, "Behind me is Justin McRoberts. He's the artist we'll be focusing on this year if I'm going to walk." And I'll be honest, he's not very good right now. And I'm I'm actually standing behind him when he says this, holding a guitar with a mic <laughs> behind a microphone. He's he's not very good right now. And and you can watch the room, like try to figure out if he's joking or not, and he's absolutely not joking. And I, so I shift, you know, <laughs> my weight over to sort of what am I doing here? And he says, but this is what I think. I think that 15 years from now. He'll not just be making better music. I think he'll be making great music. And so I'm making a long-term investment in him, and I'm asking you to make it with me. And then, and then he entered, you know, Justin McRoberts. And I was like, hi, I'm Justin. The song sucks, apparently. And uh, here it goes. <laughs> but r- regardless of, of like the odd, oddly embarrassing sort of nature of the moment, that introduction, like it, it stuck with me forever. And what it allowed me to do was not see my failures as definitive nor my successes as definitive because he had painted this picture of like, Hey, what do you look like 15 years from now? I mean, 15 years, that's not next year. It's not even the year after it's not, it's not my five year plan. What do you look like 15 years from now? I mean, when's the last time someone said to you like, Hey, don't worry about this year. Let's think about 15 years down the line and not just like, you know, getting better at a particular thing, but who are you as a person uh, that I'm investing in because if you're investing 15 years in someone's life if that's what you're actually banking on is what happens 15 years down the line That's not about your productivity. That's about your character that you as a person are worth that kind of investment So including other people in your life who actually believe in you as a human hmm. Who believe in you as a person? So that the, you can think of yourself further down the line at 15 years allows you to bubble in C's at the tail end of a project <laughs> and turn something in that actually you know sucks pretty bad because this is going to be one project in one moment of a lifetime of work, the body of which doesn't add up to uh, add up to your identity. All that takes place in the context of your identity. That no particular project, its success or failure, is definitive of you, but that the whole of your life gives a framework for the work you put in. Man, that's just a completely different way to go about it. So, including other people in your life, in your creative life who know you as a person and value you as a person and can help you recontextualize your creative efforts in your life. Oh, that's, that's good. I like, I like the, uh, you are, you are tapping into the genius. You aren't a genius. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, okay. So, um, as, as we're closing out here, um, you're, you've got a couple ways to, uh, interact with you. Obviously you're on the Twitter and the Instagram mm-hmm. as the Justin at Justin McRoberts. I'll put that in the show notes, yep. but also, um, you've got a book called title pending. Um, can you give us, give us a two second blurb on that? After a decade and a half of making music and writing books and building websites and planning churches, I realized that there were some principles and practices that were pretty common to my creative process. And so the book is a collection of the stories and those principles that have been helpful in starting, in evaluating and reevaluating and sustaining a life in creativity. Excellent. And I've seen that workshop and I I think it's it's hugely valuable. So I totally recommend it. Oh, man, that's really generous. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And then you also have a course on, I always say it wrong. Is it Udemy or Udemy? I think it's or? called Udemy. You know what? I call it Udemy because that makes more sense to me. But yes. And it's, it's and uh, you can go to Udemy and search my name, Justin McRoberts. And the course is called Your Creative Process. And it's it's really cheap. Yeah. So they, they do deals all the time. I mean, it was, it was 10 bucks last week and um, or a couple weeks ago. It's like, you know, I think the whole thing right now is still sitting at like $30. It's 21 uh, chapters, 21 uh, courses, or 21 class, yeah, yeah, 21 videos, uh, and a bunch of hours of content, but it's only 30 bucks. Awesome. Awesome. So if you need the encouragement, yeah. that's the place to get it. Yes. I think so. All right, great. All right, so uh, one of the things we want to do on uh, Copy That with our uh, uh, guests as we're closing out, we want to do a thing called the lightning round, and that's based on the uh, probably the questions you've heard on Inside the Actor's Studio, which was actually originally done by a French uh, Frenchman named uh, Bernard Pivot, uh, but I've adjusted them a little bit. So, um, Justin, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready for the lightning round. All right, here we go. So uh, what are you looking forward to in 2018? I, I'm really looking forward to uh, – I'm. this is the first year I'll be working for in many, many years working with a larger entity. So I, I signed a book deal with um, with uh, Multnomah, uh, which is part of Penguin. And so working with a larger team of, uh, of folks on putting together a book and releasing a book will be like a welcome change. Excellent. Excellent. And what is a book or an audio book that you've liked in the past year that you could recommend to us? I just read a book with, with a friend of mine um, that is called um, Smoke in Your Eyes. And it's about the, the sort of the process and reframing of death and the way we understand death and the way death uh, reframes the way we see life. It's really, really good. Okay. And definitely a pick me up, I'm sure. Yeah, it actually is more so than you would think. <laughs> okay. And what is a movie that we should see before we die? I, I always go to the movie Magnolia. Uh, it's my favorite film. And I think it's a, I think it's an incredible take on interconnectedness in relationship. Okay. And what is your favorite sound? <laughs> my favorite sound currently uh, is, uh, is the sound of uh, – I've got a one-year-old daughter – and she, uh, when she is hanging out with my seven-year-old son and she's laughing with him, that's my favorite sound of the world right now. Excellent. Excellent. And what's your least favorite sound? My least favorite sound. I've got this one-year-old daughter. And uh, <laughs> my least favorite sound is when she is not okay. <laughs> Fair enough. 
that's nice nice uh where do you find inspiration you know honestly right now i find uh inspiration in uh the stories i'm hearing of, of folks who are um committed to uh specifically racial reconciliation like i'm the, the what what i'm seeing in, in the hearts and minds of sisters and brothers who are working towards uh reconciliation between between people in the world of of race and to some degree also in gender but like folks who are working like towards reconciliation that stuff is really moving me right now excellent and what is success for you success is faithfulness sticking with it not quitting and how do you vacation? Are you more of a relaxing person or an adventure person? I'm an adventure person. I, I like to keep moving. So uh, a vacation for me will include some kind of rest time, but I'll, I'll want the, you know some sort of downtime with reading. But I want to get out in the woods uh, on a hill or get out in the water with a boat or something like that. I want to be active. Excellent. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'd love to be a teacher, specifically a high school teacher. I think I'd, I would like to attempt teaching in uh, a public school setting. Great. And what profession would you not like to do? I don't want to tar highways. I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's a little warm. Uh-uh. A little warm. I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd rather do that than accounting. So let's go with accounting. accounting. I don't want to right. do, be an accountant. Okay. And what's the best reward? Laughter. Excellent. Uh, it's, it's the thing that the, the more so than anything else over the course of my creative life is, is the most rewarding thing is when people connect and whether they're laughing because they really get it or laughing because they see themselves in a way they hadn't seen before. They're laughing because it's actually funny. Laughter is the way the human soul says, like, I'm here, I'm fully present, and I'm with you. Sweet. Well, Justin, thanks so much for being on the show and um, uh, helping us through holding the bicycle seat. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you got it, man. Thank you very much. And that's our show. Thanks for listening. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Dan Portnoy or uh, send me your questions on creativity or specific subjects you'd like me to cover. Uh, my email is dan at portnoymediagroup.com. Uh, this week, if you share the episode using the hashtag copy that podcast, you're entered automatically to win a copy of Justin's book, Title Pending. We're going to give away a few copies of that, and I'll just be reaching out to people and send it to you via the Amazon. Uh, the last thing is then please subscribe to the show and uh, let me know what you think. You know, we're just getting started. Um, it's super helpful to hit, get your feedback. And I hope you pass this on to the creative person in your life. Um, next week, tune in for Christina Kuzmich. You probably know her from Facebook and the way she talks about motherhood. And she's got a great story. She's going to share it with us next time. My name's Dan Portnoy for the cast of thousands. Have a good one and be safe. <laughs>